Welcome to Dialogue Creates, More Than Talk, where we explore issues and solutions together through the lens of dialogue. Thank you for joining. Your hosts, Susan Taylor and Hitta Vanderpool. Hey there, we're back. And today is Judgment Day. Just deal with it. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it's a... That's a great question, Susan. No, we're we're playing around um, with uh, with judgment today. I think judgment is um, is a big thing and a big uh, theme uh, related to dialogue. Um, today we're going to chat a little bit about that, uh, you and me, Susan, because what we feel is that uh, judgment by most of us is being judged as being wrong. So we should not judge. And I think dialogue with a capital D, uh, the way David Bohm envisioned it, has a slightly different view on on judging. And I think today we're going to elaborate a little bit on that. So uh, it is Judgment Day. And um, maybe you want to start sharing a little bit about your first thoughts around uh, judgment and uh, and dialogue, Susan. Absolutely. Yeah, so it is Judgment Day. And we are going to learn a little bit about how to deal with it. Um, because one thing I am certain of with regard to human beings, we will judge and we will be judged. And I think the way that we interpret and or notice when we're having thoughts of judgment is much more important than whether we judge other or ourselves. And so I guess I'll start off with a little story. Um, I learned something quite a while back. I was doing a workshop with some conscious leaders Um, outside of Austin, Texas, and it was a leadership lab. And we were learning about the interior condition, if you will, of leadership, how our inner state influences and impacts how we lead and how we interact with one another. And we had a big session on judgment and this idea that judging is bad. It comes with such negative connotations, right? Um, And there was something that the teacher said that day that stayed with me until this moment, and probably will for the rest of my life. And here's the phrase. I forgive myself for judging myself for judging. I forgive myself for judging myself for judging. And I think, for me, that represents some of the lightheartedness, even, you know, in our title of today's topic. So I can bring some grace to it. And so I, and through that, so I can understand that If I make a judgment, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm a loser or a winner if I'm non-judgmental. For me, it's more about the noticing. So I guess that's how I'd like to kind of kick it off. It's it's really about noticing when I'm judging and the underpinning of that, like, why am I? So what are your thoughts around that, Hida? Yeah, thanks for sharing that because it really clarifies there's there's, uh, multiple levels in judging. Right. So I I can judge and I can see myself judging and then judge the fact that I'm I am judging. Um, uh, And then there's this other bit that I want to emphasize on. We can judge ourselves um, and we can judge others. And I think that the latter is happening on a daily basis, maybe even on a on an hourly basis throughout our work or throughout our uh, connecting with other people. Um, even uh, myself, um, you know, when I walk into, uh, any room where there's multiple other people, 
I'm I'm just noticing how fast sometimes there is a judgment in my head saying like, uh, look at what he or she is wearing. You know, what is he or she standing like in that corner? Is uh, she doesn't like it here, or he doesn't like it here, or what? It's that constant viewing and then kind of inner voicing that perception or the interpretation of what I think I see. Um, that's already for me, it's under the chapter of uh, of judging. And it's like a constant voice in the back of my head. And I, I and I know, and and I know you know through the work that we do and the interaction and the uh and the talks and the dialogues we have with our clients, it's happening on an hourly basis. So I really like the 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 multiple levels of judgment that we're talking about today. Yes. Absolutely. And when I think about what you've just said, and for me, how it links to, let's say, a first encounter. So the first time that, you know, I meet somebody and where, where, where am I? Where are we when we first meet someone? And this kind of idea of first impression and where we actually engage. And most people think that we engage at this kind of surface level, right? With regard to what we see, what feels tangible to us, to your point, the clothes that someone is wearing or the hairstyle that they have or the body language, right? When in effect, where we're really engaging for that very first time is something that actually is intangible. It's that hidden part of us, our emotions, the worldview we have, the values base that we come from, and then after that first temperature check, we'll kind of go from that intangible interior space up to the surface level and then act like we think we should be acting and engage in a way that we think we should be engaging based on some of those preconceived notions and ideas and worldviews and, and thoughts that we have that are a little more hidden below the surface. So the thing about dialogue and what I think could be so exciting and um, healing and transforming if we were to put into practice some of these ideas around dialogue is that David Bohm was really very, very specific on a word that he would use very often, which is suspension. So suspend your judgments, not put them aside, not pretend they're not there, not kind of bury them below the surface in this example. But suspend meaning put them out in front of you in a way where I get to hear me say my judgment verbally, out loud. And as part of that, self-examine it. Where does that come from? Whilst at the same time, letting the people that I'm interacting with also examine it from their perspective. And it's when we can do that, when we can express, when we can put our judgments out there once we notice that we're judging for myself and everyone to see, then if I don't defend that judgment or get defensive, it can really open up an opportunity to learn things that I could never have learned on my own. Yeah, I like what you're saying, because this is actually going back to uh, every day is judgment day. Um, mm -hmm. If we're willing to suspend it, if we're willing to say, hang it in front of us um, and then unfold it, you know, explore there is a lot of uh, information behind every judgment that we make. So um, dialogue with a capital D is is actually an advocate of expressing it and do judge 
express it, but in a suspending way. So yes. not at a blaming way or where you can point a finger to somebody. That that piece of, of judgment, we don't, uh, um, uh, we're not uh, aiming at today. What we're saying is when we do judge, suspend it. So hang it in front of you and then unfold it and explore it. Because in that, and I, th- I believe in, in our previous uh, episode, we talked about meaning. That's uh, really finding the meaning behind or in uh, any judgment that that we make. There is valuable information that uh, can lead to that shared meaning that we talked about also. Right. And so if we if we are not expressing it because we don't allow ourselves to judge, um, then we miss out on this information. We miss out on, uh, and I think you referred to it already, um, the awareness, the self-awareness. And, and we'd like to put an, even another word in front of it. It's the active self-awareness, which means that in the moment, we are capable of observing ourselves, making a judgment, and then consciously decide, oh, that's interesting, from out of curiosity, uh, hang it in front of us and in front of others to start exploring together. Um, and so that's where the in, the information comes to life. Yes. Oh, I love what you say about creating opportunities to gain different, more additional information. And it reminds me of a quote, actually, that I learned when I was in my mid-20s. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said it. And I'd love to get your perspective on it since uh, we're talking about judgment. The quote goes something like this. No one can make me feel inferior without my consent. No one can make me feel inferior without my consent. So as we're thinking about how we judge ourselves and others, Hida, what comes up for you? What what do you think that quote means? What does it mean to you, most importantly? Well, what comes up for me um, is that um, we all listen to quotes and in this case this one uh from out of a certain perspective so i want to emphasize on judgments coming from certain perspectives so we've from my uh birth onwards to today um my whole life um through education upbringing my first work experiences in fact all life experiences through the community i live in in the society and in the country I live, uh, it all has formed a certain perspective, a lens through which I'm uh, interpreting, mm-hmm. uh, in this case, this quote. So I'm, I, I just want to, what comes up for me, which is important, is that we understand that our own, my own perspective is not the only perspective. And so that's the reason why uh, I can I can choose to uh, use a certain lens. So when somebody else is making me feel inferior, that's my interpretation of what I, uh, how I interpret whatever that other person has said. And so it is in, in my own control on how to perceive it. And, and in that, it gives me meaning, this quote, is that whatever somebody else says, it could be a judgment or it's it's depending on how I interpret it that makes me feel inferior. And so if I choose to 
listen to it or to interpret it in a different way, I can give it a positive meaning mm -hmm. and not feel inferior. So that that's what comes up for me when I when I listen to this quote. Yeah. And so I feel that different perspectives are related to judgments and how we interpret judgments uh, of other people. So we we can take uh um how do you say that take offensive when uh, or or become offensive when we when we hear or somebody is is expressing something but it's our own choosing of interpreting it in in such a way feeling in such a way because of what somebody else says right. and i think that all can can be parked so not ignored but it can be parked if we observe ourselves doing that and then step into a place of curiosity and unfold it so not uh, um, observing ourselves interpreting it but also become very curious in what makes you say that you know i can give it a certain meaning but what's your meaning where does this come from and then it comes from curiosity rather than saying oh you're saying this to me now i've got something for you and right. this is, you know, like an an interchange of judgments that is not giving, um, bringing up that extra additional underlying information that we talked about earlier. Right. So that's what's coming up for me. What what what's coming up for you, Susan? I think it's similar, Hitta. I mean, one of the things that David Bohm felt could be achieved through being dialogue, if you will, was an opportunity to create a space where everything could be shared, <clears throat> excuse me, and through that, we could get to the deeper meaning of what is shared. And in his eyes, that was the glue. That was the cement that could hold groups together. And so this idea of curiosity, I think, really helps. And then let's face it, sometimes in the heat of the moment, when my emotions are like completely triggered and I'm really feeling fueled, I don't always remember to be curious. And I don't always remember to assume positive intent, uh, which is another uh, practice that, uh, at least for me, is a foundational to dialogue. And so one of the things that I've tried to teach myself, if you will, is when I really feel triggered, it's okay to feel those emotions, by the way. Again, suspending things, expressing, putting things out in ways that people can try to fully understand one another, I think is really, really critical. And as part of that, when I do finally catch myself, especially again, if I'm feeling triggered or, or highly emotionally fueled, I'll just try to ask myself this quick question, especially if it's, again, something that feels diametrically opposed or something that somehow um, hurts me because I've put a lot of effort into something and, and, and maybe someone isn't um, seeing that effort from my, again, from my perspective, linked to what you just said. So the trick that, I, that I've that i come up with and, and the thing that I do try to do, again, when I'm conscious of it, is just ask this question. What if 10% of what you say could be true for me as well? What if just 10%? And then it kind of just calms me down a little bit to then get into that space where I can be more curious and I can listen more deeply to try to understand someone else's perspective. Not that I have to even agree with it and certainly not condone it. But just hold it there. So again, in Bohm's words, there's no winner or loser. We're both in it together with curiosity, positive 
intentions being assumed, expressing and sharing, expressing even when we're hurt, sharing those emotions that sometimes don't feel pleasant instead of trying to like push them aside or show up in a way that, you know, um, makes us somehow more conscious around our emotions. Like there's so much of that out there. So the long and short of it is what if just 10% of what someone shares with you that you completely disagree with could be true for you as well. Just kind of coming in with that question, that open question helps me. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and we all know that open questions trigger curiosity. So it needs to be an open question. And I, I like uh, that thing. And it's, it's usually when, um, when we receive or perceive a judgment aimed at us. And I have another one when it goes the other way around. So when we observe ourselves judging somebody else, what always helps me is the picture of the finger. So if I make a certain remark that has the energy of blame to it, where I can actually point a finger at the other person, Mm-hmm. Um, this helps me to get into that curiosity zone because three of the fingers are point- pointing to me. Right. So it opens up and saying, okay, what's my role in all of this? Um, and, and, and again, I think it's the same in the same way you just mentioned, uh, it, it opens up curiosity. It opens up questioning, questioning yourself questioning what's happening inside of me right now that's the self-active awareness we talked about earlier right Um, but also where is it coming from Mm -hmm. you know so again it is not that we should not or not supposed to judge it is about what do we do with the judgment when we observe um, us perceiving a judgment from somebody else or when we observe ourselves judging somebody else is what do we do with that? What do we do with that observation? That's the key thing that is very much related to how David Bohm saw the uh, the elements of dialogue, what he meant with dialogue with a capital D. Right. Right. And in that connection, as we start to wrap things up in the next few minutes, I have found, at least in my experience, a pattern. And the pattern is the more that one judges himself or herself, so the more I judge myself, Oftentimes, the more judgmental I am of other and or of situations. And so I think for me, if we could also find a way not to label. So linked to curiosity, how could I come from a place of inquiry, of of curiosity in a way that doesn't label my judgment as something good or bad? Because judgment can be incredibly healthy. I have to judge whether it's safe to cross the street once I've stopped to look for oncoming traffic. Or if I'm approaching a stove or an oven, it's probably healthy of me to judge whether it's on or off and whether if I touch it, it'll be hot and burn my hand. So I think the more that we can, I guess from, I guess linking, you know, to Bohm's perspective, the more that we can stop polarizing things in ways that label something as good or bad or right or wrong, or that there has to be a winner or a loser. What if we could just do and? What if we could bring those things together? Because after all, polarities are not opposites of each other. They're actually interdependent upon each other, right? And so kind of in my last sentence here, if I touch the hot stove often enough, I'm going to realize 
that I can bring harm to myself. So how can, uh, without that, I wouldn't maybe understand the other side of that. So I think for me, it's really, really important to just try to notice for myself when I am labeling something in a way that makes it opposite an either or instead of a both and, which is more interconnected or more interdependent. Yeah, I love that. And um, the word that comes up for me is is allowing because mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the different levels, you know, judging the, me judging is is another level. And I think all of this is unfolding in the way it contributes to dialogue and to the dimensions and energies of dialogue when we allow. But we allow and we observe. Mm-hmm. And and I think those are our key words that will bring us in in that space where we um where we can operate from out of curiosity. And so um maybe a final sentence is that uh, both both of us are actually inviting all of you to uh, keep on judging but observe and explore uh, going with it. So each and every day is judgment day and uh, enjoy the judgments I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much Hida this has been really fun. It's been really, really fun. And thank you for viewing and and listening and uh, hope to see you next time as well. So um, we'll be out there with much more. Thank you for participating with us. Please visit our LinkedIn page to share your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for future episodes. Remember to like us, share, and subscribe. Until next time, this has been More Than Talk.